Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3. This is Rapid Reactions. Longhorns defeat TCU in Fort Worth last night, 29-26. to Jerry, you and I are going to talk a little Longhorn football this morning in the game. Uh, this is brought to you, by the way, by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Jerry, let's start it off and talk about the game itself. It was a really a tale of two halves. Uh, the Longhorns come out firing 300-plus yards in the first half and hold TCU to less than 100 almost, or actually I think it was 110. Then the second half, TCU catches fire, and the Longhorns sputter on offense, uh, saved in part by a field goal from uh, Burt Auburn. That's the sole scoring for the Longhorns in the second half. The defense also kind of got lit up, uh, but here we are. The end result is this a 29-26 to 26 victory over TCU. Uh, the Longhorns close out a 94-year rivalry of mm-hmm. sorts with the Horned Frogs with a win. Your sum of, of the game and your takeaways. Yeah, I think we talked about it uh, at the end of the week that Texas was getting healthier. Well, that didn't last that long into the game. I mean, that's the reality, right? I mean, Jade Barron ends up on the sidelines watching the game. Jonathan Brooks obviously injured late in that game. Uh, did, did Quinn was Quinn as healthy at this at the second half as he was in the first half? Probably not. So I mean, look, we went from Alfred Collins limited. Keelan Robinson didn't play. We don't know why yet. Um, so look, it's a team that is is finding ways to finish and win games and it's not pretty at times but you know what texas is nine and one for the first time since 2009 they avenged last season's ugly ugly loss against tcu at home when they had 199 yards and texas controls their own destiny in the big 12 race i mean there's two games left uh they go to iowa state then you have tech at home you win those games, you keep winning, you're in the Big 12 championship game. And if, if Texas is going to get to the Big 12 championship games game, that means they're 11-1. and one. And you went from five wins to eight wins, you're now at nine, have a chance to get to 11 regular season wins. So the trajectory of the program is very positive, even if it doesn't look great on the field at times right now. Yeah, I, I think that ultimately it's a winner's sport, right? Yep. Uh, the, the, went to the the spoils go to the winner, yep. right? That that's what Texas is looking for right now and moving in that direction. I, I talked about this last night with you, Rod, and Drew in the post game show. It, the last four games, three of them have been these last minute wins, but in those three of those four games, Texas lost Quinn Ewers for two of the three. Or, or three of the four, whatever. Then they lost their bell cow running back, Jonathan Brooks, last night. And all of a sudden, they're looking around and say, who's going to lead us? Well, Adonai Mitchell steps up yep. and makes a great play uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Xavier Worthy had a terrific game. JT Sanders with a solid game. Brooks, before he went out, uh, another 100-plus yard effort. Uh, so it really was winning not just any one way, to, to put it in Steve Sarkeesian's uh, comment, uh, you know, he always talks about versatility of winning games. They found a number of different ways to get out of this. This time they milked the clock down uh, with a big play to Adonai Mitchell, big throw from Quinn Ewers, and then three straight runs uh, to finish off a game. Uh, Texas also, uh, you know, having some outstanding plays during this game. 
we mentioned a key play being that Adonai Mitchell uh, uh, reception to end the game. But here's a big one that I know some people are going to talk about, and Steve Sarkeesian did, when Quinn Ewers threw that interception in the oh, first yeah. quarter. Uh, Jordan Whittington comes back, misses the tackle, then regathers himself and retackles the guy, strips. Xavier Worthy, by the way, was way upfield and chased the guy 30 or 40 yards down, and he's the one that recovered the fumble. That's how you win games. That's how you, that's how you win games, Bobby. Last year it was Roshan Johnson, right, and a, just a leader, a guy that wasn't the number one guy running back. He was, what, the number four option on offense. Jordan Whittington's the number four option, five option in this offense. He didn't have a catch, but he may have made the biggest play in this game, period. And it shows his leadership, his toughness, his competitiveness. That's not a play that everybody makes if they're not getting the football. He's I, 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 for I his team to impact winning without being showing up in the offensive box score last night. Yep, uh, I agree. And that that's where we've got to look at it and, and think about it together uh, because uh, there there's an accumulation of that that matters over time. Uh, the Longhorns, however, did sputter in the second half. Yes. Um, was that because Sark went away from the passing game almost exclusively and tried to run? And then when he did, he lost Jonathan Brooks. The Longhorns had two possessions where they went three and out uh, after Jonathan Brooks got sidelined, uh, by the way, Steve Sarkeesian last night uh, said he would give an update later today on Brooks's situation and injury. He has not said exactly what uh, happened there. He does not know. He said he would know more today. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Texas defense. Uh, yeah. They came out hot as firecrackers, kind of like they did against Kansas State. Pete Kwiatkowski had a great game plan going into it. Uh, they got pressure up the middle. Josh Hoover looked like a freshman in the first half. But then the second half happened. TCU got going. That hurry up, no huddle gave Texas problems. Um, your thoughts on the Texas defense on uh, Saturday night? Yeah, I thought in the first half, TCU didn't really get ahead of the chains so that tempo could really fire on all cylinders. I thought Texas did a good job. You, TCU had a couple of penalties that hurt them, but they didn't really get ahead of the chains for the tempo game to really maximize. They uh, Texas was so dominant on the interior to D-line that they started moving the pocket with Josh Hoover early in the game because they had to, and they knew they were going to have to going into the game. Uh but, you know, and Texas got – Texas dominated front without Alfred Collins really playing. It was Sweat, Murphy, Sorrell, and Burke and more of a four-man front. Uh, but then, you know, second half, look, I mean, they they started having more success on first down. I thought, I thought the biggest issue defensively when looking back at that game quickly is that TCU had a lot of success running the football in the second half. I mean, Imani Bailey ended up with almost 100 yards. And you would have never thought that at the end of the first half, that he was going to end up with close to 100 yards rushing. No, they did. They were able to find creases uh, and loosen up the Texas defense a little bit uh, last night. But one of the things I, I think I come back to is they're giving up chunk plays again in passing. Yeah, uh, Savion Williams had a really nice game for TCU. But the pass down the sideline to Jared Wiley, when 
Uh, clearly, Texas missed a coverage there. There were a couple of different times, Jerry, where and it, and it happened against Kansas State as well and uh, the University of Houston in these games that got them beat or, or got close to got close and even of course uh, against uh, Oklahoma where it did get them beat. They're still having some issues in the secondary that don't look normal. They don't look okay. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I do. And I think, look, the whole the whole thing it comes down to is if you can pass protect for long enough against Texas, you have the opportunity to have these routes develop. It's not the quick hitters. It's the routes that develop where they can pick on a singular position, singular player that are really the issues over the course of the season for me. And so it all comes down to if you can pass protect long enough, then you can attack Texas in the vulnerable areas, whether that's outside backer and coverage, whether that's safety um, down the field. But those are longer developing plays. So if you can contain the Texas front four for long enough, you're going to make plays in the passing game down the field because this is not the secondary that is going to cover for three, four, five seconds and stay attached to their men. There's just, whether it's lack of communication, lack of uh, the mix of enough speed and playmaking at safety, same thing at outside linebacker and coverage. The whole key is if you can pass protect long enough or play in the, within the two-minute offense and stay ahead of the chains, then you are going to have success against Texas throwing the football. Uh, speaking with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, uh, each and every uh, Rapid Reactions, guys, is brought to you by uh, our friend Adam Lowy at the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, if you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, make sure you give Adam and his firm a call. Uh, 512-280-0800 or visit him at LowyLawFirm.com. The great thing about Adam, he gives you a free consultation. It's absolutely free. Call him 512-280-0800. He can tell you whether or not uh, you may want to go forward with a suit uh, if that is the thing that you need to do. All right, Jerry, we, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Uh, special teams was hit or miss. Yeah, uh, The botched extra point uh, looked like a bad snap. Yeah, uh, Ryan Sanborn almost got a kick or punt blocked. Uh, did not punt particularly well. But I tell you what, Burt Auburn is earning his keep in the last, uh, I guess, really since the Oklahoma game on. He's been on fire. And a 49-yarder, uh, Jerry, was a chilly night, chilly night, damp night. Yep. That's it, it was it absolutely made Texas go up 16 instead of 13. Uh, Longhorns win by three. Don't forget that. Uh, really a big performance by Burt Auburn. What did you think of special teams overall? Yeah, uh, by the way, Burt Auburn, 11-11 on field goals since the Kansas game when they had the snap kick issues in that game. I thought special teams, uh, coverage was pretty good. I mean, considering Keelan Robinson wasn't there, right? He didn't play. Um, Keaton Crawford came back, which was good. I mean, I can't imagine playing out both of those gunners, but I thought kick coverage was good. I think, uh, look, I mean, Sanborn did not – That this was his worst game punting this season. Uh, and I'm I'm guessing he would tell you that as well, unless it was purposeful wanting to kick at 37, 38 yards um, and try to not outkick the coverage in this game. It may have been something planned. I don't know. Uh, I thought the only 
questionable decision was a freshman DeAndre Moore's kickoff return late in that game. That could have really hurt Texas, him bringing that ball out of the end zone. Didn't get it back to the 15. That that and Savion Red's penalty. Uh, yeah, uh, on the on the uh, thing that set up uh, TCU at the 35 yard line or 34 yard line of the Longhorns uh, and made uh, scoring that second touchdown, the touchdown that almost put TCU in in reach really of the Longhorns. Uh, that much better. All right, uh, Jerry, I'm looking at it uh, and the Longhorns right now. And Quinn Ewers has a I don't want to say pedestrian day because he threw for 300 plus 22 of 33. Uh, 67% uh, completion ratio, one TD, one interception. Uh, but Quinn Ewers, was that – we said this. We thought there might be some rust going into this. Uh, that passing game for Texas did not look sharp at all times. He missed a wide-open Adonai Mitchell for a touchdown. Uh, there were a couple of high throws early. And then – A.D. Mitchell where, didn't run on a couple of deep routes. It was just, it was just a little out of sync, right? Yes, absolutely. But Xavier Worthy came through big, 10 catches for 100-plus yards uh, for him. Uh, you know, what do you think of the Texas passing game? Because I, I, I look at it, and you take the 70-some-odd-yard uh, catch and run from jo Jonathan Brooks, and it's really 20, 21 of 32 for 250, right? Yeah. Um, look, Quinn had one really bad throw, the first interception. That ball was thrown 10 yards too far to the inside. If that ball's out, to, and they came right back to Worthy because they knew they had that mismatch at that time. And the second throw was right where the first, if the first throw would have been there, it would have been a 45-yard gain, right? So he had one poor throw. The throw to um, Jatavion Sanders that literally, uh, that one wasn't his best throw either. That was an against attached coverage. Jatavion made a great play. I thought what was interesting in the passing game, although it was just, it was, it was, it was, it just, there wasn't a lot of continuity with it. But the way Sark attacked, he, instead of throwing that ball to the back, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games towards the boundary. He threw that ball out to Xavier Worthy and really gave Worthy a chance to catch and run uh, and, and use his speed up the field. I thought that was interesting that they didn't really use the backs in the passing game in that manner that they had against like a U of H. They used Xavier Worthy uh, in that way. But yeah, it was just a little off whether Quinn's 80%, 85%, 90%. We don't, we don't really know. Um, but he's not 100%, especially it looked like in late in the second quarter. He went to the locker room early. Um, so there was obviously started feeling a little discomfort at, at some point in the second quarter. 
but it wasn't an arm strength issue for him. I mean, he he was he was throwing the ball down the field. He just wasn't, um, you know, the first throw that it was an interception just wasn't an accurate football. Uh, the throw to A.D. Mitchell, which he made a great play on late in the game, was was underthrown a little bit, but he gave his guy a chance to make the play. Yeah. Uh, big picture, though, Jerry. I mean, we we big picture is Texas is 9-1 with everything they had in front of them, and they found a way to win games again. Yeah. Uh, that is just uh, – if you want to talk about it, I mean, that is the perhaps the biggest takeaway – uh, for me from last night's game is uh, the Longhorns now three of the last four weeks have found a way to win a tight game. Yeah. These are games that they've lost in previous years. Uh, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, listening and, and thinking about it uh, after, after sleeping on it uh, in some regard, you just don't appreciate how hard it is to win sometimes. Not I'm not Tom Herman here saying winning is hard. Right. But when you take the fact that they lost their starting quarterback for two games and they played Malik Murphy, then they lost their bell cow running back uh, last night and Jonathan Brooks, who's now rushed for over 1,100 yards on the season, I think. You add all that together and they keep overcoming. They lost Jade Barron. They didn't have Keelan Robinson. Yes, people teams accumulate injuries over the season, but these are core players. Barron's their best defensive back. Brooks is their best running back. Quinn Ewers is QB1. Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan. These aren't insignificant numbers right. uh, to Texas, uh, yet they still keep finding a way uh, to win and coming out on top. And, uh, you, know, you know, Rod Babers uh, last night said something that I thought was interesting. Uh, he said that that uh, this is a prove-it season of sorts for Sark yeah. as well. Uh, he has not won 10 games as a head coach. Uh, this now is sitting there right there staring him in the face. He'll have to go to Ames uh, this coming weekend uh, to prove it, prove his point and get a win or get a win against Texas Tech at home the day after Thanksgiving or both. And if Texas does both with Oklahoma State losing yesterday – in almost ridiculous fashion uh, to central Florida, Texas would, would, I mean, literally they would be the number one seed in the big 12 championship game. You know, you just want one of those two spots, but with Oklahoma losing or with Oklahoma beating uh, West Virginia decidedly uh, with Kansas state stomping Baylor, uh, Kansas tripping up against Texas tech, all of that looks like they're, you know, it's Texas, Oklahoma state, Kansas State and OU. Yep. This big so it's basically four teams right now that are really fighting for an opportunity to win the conference championship. That would put Steve Sarkeesian at a different level, in, in my opinion. No, it would. And and it's big for a multitude of reasons, right? Oklahoma State has to lose again not to make the Big 12 championship game. And they have what at U of H and BYU, I think I believe it is. Um if Texas loses another game and OU wins out, Oklahoma gets the spot too. I mean, that's a that's a big deal too in this last year of the Big Twelve. So yeah, it's it, I agree with Rod. It's a prove it season for Sark. I mean, look, there's a there's a lot on the line for a multitude of reasons. I mean, and the number one though is here's the number one thing though is the recruiting's going extremely well for Texas. Back to back top five classes. You get guys like A.D. Mitchell out of the portal. Sam Bourne's been really good. You're getting impact players out of the portal or key guys. 
Um, you got another top 10 recruiting class. You got a lot of guys left out there. It's really big uh, uh, for Texas to go out and, and, and you know, uh, they need, if you can win both these next games, you go from five wins to eight wins to 11 wins in a regular season. Nobody's going to negative recruit you at that point. You, and the recruits see this different than the fans, Bobby. They see nine and one, ranked seven in the college football playoff, and they look at it. You know, Colin Simmons is looking at this as, you know what? I would have caused a fumble, right? I mean, so there's so much going positive in this program right now uh, for Texas that I, I, I'm really I'm, – I'm tired, but I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the reality, too. I want to I want to close uh, rapid reactions here with a thought on Iowa State. But yes. first, I want to say thank you one last time to Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Remember, if you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, give Adam and his group a shout. 512-280-0800 or visit them at lowylawfirm.com. All right, Jerry, the reason I want to talk about Iowa State is two years ago, Bo Davis yeah. uh, had a tirade of sorts that uh, I think that it, it connected with fans at yes. the University of Texas. Like, yeah, we're sick of here seeing this too. And I think it connected with some of the players on the Texas team, not all of them. And some of them got in the portal, like, like Bo Davis told them to. Right. Yeah. Um, or suggested to them nicely is, is one way to put it. <laughs> okay. So, so my point is this is two years this week, basically Texas goes to aim aims this week. They went to TCU and pulled out a win this week. They're yeah. going to have to do it again next week in Ames. You know, what does this mean for Texas right now and, and what they're doing and these these players that are kind of extracting revenge or redemption, whatever you want to say, and they just got to keep doing it. They, they lost two years ago in Ames to uh, Iowa State. They lost last year in overtime to Texas Tech uh, and have had some things said that, that they're probably upset about. What does that mean to these guys? I mean, what what do you what do you think the psyche is of the team? I think the psyche of the team is really at a high level. I honestly do. I mean, look, it, it's the fans. I think the fans look at it different than recruits and the players look at it. Um, the players are seeing that we're two wins away from playing for the Big Twelve championship, and a lot of us were five and seven. And it looked ugly two years ago, and we've improved and we've stayed the course. We bought into the culture. We bought into the program. And we're seeing results because you know what? There's winning and there's excitement in the locker room and a team that sees they're building something. And, and here's the other thing I think is so big. When there's a lot of players playing for dr their draft status, that matters. The more guys you – and I and it's a team sport – but the more guys you have playing for draft status matters because these guys, it's personal too. Tavondre Sweat is a first round pick. He can, he, he is, he's going to continue to play like a first round pick. He has made a lot of money for him and his family. And there's a lot of guys that are going to want to jump into this NFL draft this year. Eight to 10 guys get drafted. They're all playing for draft stock too. So they're playing for the team. And they're also playing for themselves. And that's not a bad combination. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. And, man, I, I tell you what, uh, the Longhorns right now just have everything in front of them 
And I do think the psyche of the team uh, going back to two years ago was kind of set in place yep. by what Bo Davis did I instead. Uh, and you know what? Steve Sarkeesian, I, I always felt like this from two years ago. He didn't shy away from what Bo Davis said. No. He's, I mean, he, did, he didn't come out the next day. I don't I apologize for nah. our coach having this or that. Nah, it's football. Yep. Um, and so I think that, that that has paid nice results in the last you know, 24 months for the Longhorns. But now it's time again to go prove it in Ames. And that can be a different story, just like going to TCU and taking back revenge on TCU from last year can be a different story too. It, it looked great at first. Jumping out to a twenty-point win, a twenty-point lead, but then the Horn Frogs came roaring, roaring back. And I want to say this too, Bobby. There's going to be recruiting phone calls made tomorrow or today, and tomorrow Monday. Those recruiting calls are positive. They're nine and one, ranked ten in the country. They got guys that are going to the NFL draft. There's there's instant impact opportunities. It's a lot better to be making those calls at nine and one ranked top 10 in the country than it is Florida right now where Texas has been for a decade, five and five. And you have to start answering the hard questions. Yeah. And Texas is, they're in a good spot recruiting and Sark continues to build the roster and build this program for longevity. Yeah. One of the reasons you mentioned Florida, Jerry, obviously is that Texas recruiting a couple of guys uh, that, uh, that there are committed to Florida at this point, especially in the defensive secondary. Uh, Florida last night uh, losing again, this time to LSU in Baton Rouge. All right, that's going to do it for uh, Rapid Reactions. Jerry, you and I are going to come back later today and do our Grading the Horns uh, segment. Uh, Jerry filling in for Justin Wells uh, this morning. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Special thanks to our sponsor, Adam Lowy, the Lowy Law Firm. This has been On Texas Football. Hook them.